Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is so weary and tiresome. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done in the world. Everything under the sun is meaningless, like chasing the wind. A great king with great wisdom wrote these words, and he continues by saying, So I became greater than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. And with it all, I remained clear-eyed so that I could evaluate all these things. Anything I wanted, I took. I did not restrain myself from any joy. I even found great pleasure in hard work and additional reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. Wow. Anyone else relate? <laughs> Ever? <laughs> Ever feel that way? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is what I love about Scripture, is it doesn't hide some of the tough realities that we face. That, that it's not like, oh, that can't go in the Bible. We don't want people to think that anything, everything's meaningless, that we ever feel this way. I mean, the author of this was a great king who had access to everything he wanted, who had all the pleasures of life at his disposal. And he said, it all seems so meaningless. It's just a chasing after the wind. It's here and then it's gone. And so he devoted himself to study and to look. And we read this in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I encourage you to read that book sometime. It's just a few chapters. And he talks about this quest and finding happiness and finding life and finding meaning. And that's what we want to look at when we, when we talk about this series, What on Earth Am I Here For? And maybe you didn't phrase this question in this way. Maybe you wonder, why do I exist? What's the purpose? What's the point of it all? But in this series, over the next several weeks, we want to answer this question. Because I don't believe it's just a mystery. It's not just a question where we kind of go, man, we can never really know what we're here for. We're all just kind of taking guesses. We want to take some time to look at um, what are we here for? Discovering your purpose. I mean, I think this gets at such fundamental questions. Discovering your purpose. Living life with meaning. What's going to give rhyme and reason to your days? Why do you get up in the morning? What, what's, the, what's it all the pursuit of? Is it to pass another week? To check another thing off your to-do list? What are we doing this for? Where are things heading? And how can we honor God with a fulfilled life? And how can we bring the best of our life to God? And so we have to answer this question. And, and maybe another way to say it is, why are you here? Why are you breathing? Why are you taking a valuable space? <laughs> I mean, we really have to come to grips with some of these questions. And, and what is God trying to do in, in, in our lives? Now, now, for me, this idea of living with purpose, um, it's great. If, you, if you've come to a point in your life where you, you have some clarity on these things, or times in your life where there's clarity on these things, it's great. You feel energized. You wake up in the morning, you're ready to go, you know what it's about, you know what it's for, and you feel like God's working through your life and things are happening, and, and, and it just feels great. Those seasons are wonderful. They get, I get invigorated through that time. But other times, it seems to fade. And other times I wonder, oh God, what's this all about? What's this for? And, and I start losing sight of the bigger picture and the more important things, and, and I get very focused on just what's right in front of me. And it becomes that daily grind the daily tasks, right? I get agitated. I get irritated. The kids become bothersome to me and things aren't in the house aren't the way that, that I would like them to be. And I'm behind on my work with, you know, for, for the church here and things that I'm doing and I just can't seem to get on top of stuff. Anyone? Right? And then the days, sometimes they stretch into weeks and the weeks can stretch into months 
And the months can even stretch into years. And what begins to happen is we start losing sight and we just feel like we're just going through the motions. We're just going around the barn again. I've seen this before. I've seen this record play this way before. I know how this movie ends, right? It, it, it just gets the cycle and we start going, what's the point? What's the purpose? Everything seems meaningless, utterly meaningless. It's like a chasing after the wind, as the author of Ecclesiastes says. And so I lose my way and I forget. And, and what is so awesome is when we come back to these foundational truths, it begins to really change our perspective and change our, our trajectory and where we're heading. So um, if I had a conversation with you, if we sat down for coffee, and I just said, what are you here for? What, why, why are you on earth? Like, why, why did God make you? What, what's your purpose? How would you answer that question? I think at first we'd kind of have to probably step back and go, well, <laughs> kind of a deep question on how long you got. <laughs> or maybe kind of go, maybe it's a quick answer. You go, I, I honestly, I don't know. I think that we're, if we would poll everyone here and we'd have here all of our answers i bet you they would run the gamut why are you here what what's the point of all what's the purpose well i think i think i want to be happy i mean i think the reason i order my days the way i do i, I want to be happy i want I, I, the pursuit of happiness that's an american thing right and is that is that what drives your days to, to be happy maybe the, the pursuit is to get to that lazy boy at night to just be able to watch tv for two hours anyone here Anyone? I'm spoken to a lot of you now, right? My, my goal is to get through the day, to earn enough money so we can put food on the table, keep a roof over our head, and then when I can come home, and I can just relax. And so it's about finding enjoyment or trying to find pleasure. Maybe it's, I, I want to see the world. I want to experience everything that life has to offer. And so I want to do a lot of things. I want to have a lot of experiences. I want to travel. Maybe it's a more noble cause. Maybe you want to cure AIDS or you want to cure cancer or eliminate world hunger or poverty, and, and you say, I really want to invest my life in, into a cause. Maybe it's just success. And maybe you don't want to say that publicly, but really internally, you're driven by success. You want to make something of your life. You want to be recognized. You want to be noticed. You want to be something big. And so your pursuit in your career and your job is what continues to drive you. And, and whether you articulate it or not, that becomes your purpose to acquire, to want, to have things. Now, as believers, maybe we, we say things like, I, I, I want to I honor God. I, I want to live for God. I want to do what God has for my life. But the question becomes, what are those things? I mean, where do we, where do we go? Where do, how do we find these answers? And I think many of us really don't have a clue. And so we, we, te- we turn and we look for whoever has something to say about this. And, and, we, and we pursue different avenues to, to find meaning and purpose when it's right before us. And so what we want to look at during this series is what I think is probably one of the most fundamental, if not the most fundamental question that we have to ask. Why are we here? God obviously made you. He's put you on this earth. You didn't have a choice for this, right? You didn't ask to be born. But here you are. You're breathing. You're living. You're going through your days. Shouldn't we know what it's all for and what it's all about? And that's what we're committing these next several weeks to. We're going to commit these next six weeks on Sunday mornings to be talking about our purpose and discovering that purpose. You ready to, to tackle this? Are you sure? Or you guys already know the answer to this? <laughs> All right, let's dive in. Let, let's pray and, and ask God just to, to soften our hearts to hear what he has to say. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for time in this place. Just to carve out a few moments to turn to your word, the eternal truths of scripture, to answer this really fundamental question, God. I know you don't want us to drift aimlessly through life, and so I just pray that um, you would really speak deep into our hearts, speak to those here this morning that um, are really searching, so looking for some handles in their lives, God, that, that you would begin to provide 
those, those answers. And for others, God, that maybe have been following you for many years, that um, you would remind them again of what it's all about and what it's all for. And for those of us that have maybe drifted off course, God, that we would get again an anchor and some handles on this tough question. Speak to us, Lord. Amen. So where do we begin in this quest? How do we find the answer? I did what we do in America. I Googled it. I Googled last night. I, I was like, all right, why do we exist? The almighty internet has the answer. So I typed in, why do we exist? Google. And the number one result came back from an article in Psychology Today. Right? Nothing against psychology, but I started reading this article, and I started going, man, I am so glad I am not teaching this material. <laughs> because it would leave us utterly confused and hopeless. And this is what is out there. This is the kind of material that's out there. Very smart, very intelligent people. Again, nothing against psychology. It's a great, you know, it's a great science and a great study and important things. But if we are looking to psychology to answer our questions about our existence, we're not going to find it. Now, even the author says, look, for 250,000 or whatever number he quoted years, people have been looking for the answer of life, looking for the meaning of life. And they've looked for it outside of themselves. They've looked for it in nature and in the trees. They've looked for it in, na- in, in, the, in space. They've sent, we've sent objects into the farthest reaches of space. And he said, and nobody's coming up. And nobody can answer this question by looking outside. You must look within. See, I'm starting to feel like one of these guru teachers now. Like, you, must look, you must look within. The answer is within. It is within your conscience. That's what he says. It's in your conscience. And, and we define what is reality. And we define why we exist. Existence only happens in, in us perceiving things. See, I would be a horrible teacher about these things. Because they don't inspire me. They make me yawn. They make me go, that can't be. See, the reason the answer can't be from within ourselves is because we are created beings. The created being can never assume that we are so wise and so smart that we know within ourselves why we are here. The created being, we as human beings, always have to look to our creator. We have to look outside of ourselves, right? If you make something, you know its intended purpose. The piece of art that you created cannot speak for itself and say, this is why I was created, I know. You have no, they have no, it has no idea. The creator knows why it makes what it does, and the creator knows why he makes the inventions that he does and what their purpose is. And so we have to look to the source of life. We have to look outside of ourselves, not to the world around us, not just to nature, but to the creator himself, the source of life. In Colossians chapter 1, verse uh, 16b, in the message, which is kind of a, a different version of, of Scripture, Uh, It it says this, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him, in God, in Jesus Christ. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. So if we're going to look for this, this quest for purpose, the place we have to start is with God. See, it it begins with, it's not about me, it's about God. And this is the crazy thing, we want to start with finding our purpose by looking at ourselves and our life, and really, we have to begin by looking at to the God of the universe who created us and saying, God, you instruct us. Why are we here? You tell me. You speak into that. And so when we look to Scripture, where we have God's Word and His Word to us, we find all kinds of answers. We find all kinds of um, reasons that we're going to be looking at over these next several weeks as to why we are here. But the first part that we have to understand is that we are here for a purpose. That God didn't just create you or that you're an accident. That you're just some kind of cause of nature, some kind of biological process, and it's what happens when, you know, a male and a female come together in in sexual relations, and then there's a baby. And that's why I'm here. 
I think if that's our meaning, then again, we're stuck within the created order. We need to look beyond that and say, God, why am I here? Is there something more? God wanted you to be alive. I think some of us just need to hear that. God really, really wanted you to be alive. He wanted you to be alive so much that he put you on earth and that he had a plan for you. Let's look at Psalm uh, Psalm 139. Look at that together with me. Psalm 139. It's on page 501. We're just going to read um, a part of this. Psalm 139, page 501, and we're going to look at verse 13 to 16. Listen to these words. Listen to these words of God to you. Here's, uh, here's David writing this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And some of us are more complex than others, by the way. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Think about that for a moment. That before you were even created, this moment right here, this very moment, God knew was going to be this moment. That you were created to be a part of this moment. That God had you here for a reason. It starts giving us meaning in life. It starts giving us purpose that that things aren't just happening by accident. Things aren't just by chance, but that God has you in the time, in the place, in this era, in this generation, in, in Santan Valley, Queen Creek, Phoenix area, for a very specific time and purpose and reason. And, and what, what is that for? Where does that come from? But I think we need to know you're not an accident. You're here for a reason. And see, if we live meaningless lives, if we live without reason or purpose, our lives begin to get really scattered. Right? How do you know what what your life is for? How do you know how to prioritize your schedule? What to do with your days? How to interact with people? If we don't wrestle with this question and discover our purpose, we start, we start drifting. Rick Warren, and out of this book, and a lot of what I'm teaching this morning comes out of those first six, uh, seven days of, of readings that, that you'll be doing this coming week. But one of the things he says in there, says, the greatest tragedy is not death, but life without purpose. You know, we, we think death is the greatest tragedy. When we hear that somebody died, it's, like, it's the worst thing. But he's saying, look, what's worse than that is living your life without purpose, living a meaningless life, or not understanding why you're doing what you're doing. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good, not to hurt you. Plans for a hope. Plans for a future. And God has plans, and the purposefulness gives meaning to our life. And, and we begin to understand what God wants us to do. And what it really begins to do is it gives us, uh, it starts to simplify our life and it begins to focus our life. Right? When, when, when you don't know how to order your day, you don't, we, we start filling our schedules. And I think that's one issue that we probably, probably most of us here deal with is we just have full schedules, right? I mean, we have all these apps for calendars and dates and maybe you write your notes, maybe your, your desk is full of sticky notes, maybe your days are just so full that we just keep packing it in. We do more and more. And an opportunity comes and we grab it. We, an opportunity comes and we grab it. We don't have a filter to understand why do I do the things I do. See, living a purpose-filled life, understanding why God created you, begins to help you sort these things out. One thing that, that Paul says, and this is in Philippians chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 3, is what he talks about here, focusing in. Philippians chapter 3, verse um, 12, the second half here, beginning there. But I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. 
No, dear brothers and sisters, I'm not all that I should be. But I am focusing all my energies on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And he says, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us up to heaven. He's saying, look, it, he's lived his life and he's made his mistakes and he's, he, he, he found Christ and Christ began to pour a purpose into his life and he says, look, I'm going to forget the things that were before. You know, they, they're a part of my life. It's not that they were insignificant. They've shaped me who I am. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to strain to reach the end. I'm going to try to become all Christ called me to be. And I'm going to focus all my energies on this one thing. I want to reach the end. I want God to say, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I think that's a, that's a desire for us is to be focused, to say, why am I doing the things I'm doing? If not, we keep trying to find it in other things. Some of us just keep changing jobs. I'm going to find it in the next job. I'm going to find it in the next job. I'm going to find it in the next house. I'm going to find it in a different neighborhood. I'm going to find it in my next relationship. It's going to be the next relationship. It'll be the next one. That's where I'm going to find love. I'm going to, I'm going to find it if I move across the country. I'm going to find it in a different place. I've got to get out of this place. And we keep trying to find, if we keep changing things, is because we don't have this center, this focus. And what I love about the purposes that we're going to learn is that they don't really have anything to do with your circumstances. It has nothing to do with, with all the external things that no matter what your circumstance, no matter what situation you are in life, these purposes can begin to transform who you are. And they can bring meaning to the things that you're already doing. And that's what's so powerful about understanding God's plan for us. It's not going to call you to have to go and relocate somewhere and to change your whole life upside down. Some of these things may inspire you to do that, but you can begin right where you are. And you're probably wondering, well, what are the purposes? I'm not going to tell you today. <laughs> and I'll tell you why later, but I'm not going to tell you today. But see, the other thing that's important to understanding your purposes is it motivates you. When you understand why you're doing what you're doing, or if you have a goal, you understand how a goal motivates you, right? We can just think about it regularly in life. If you have a goal, it begins to motivate you. It begins to inspire you. If you're somebody, you know, if you want to run, you know, a marathon, maybe you begin by saying, I want to run a 5K first. And then you go out and you start setting that goal and you start running little by little. If you just kind of set out to say, I'm going to run a little bit each day, what happens to those plans? You don't, you're not a runner very long. Most people just don't run a little bit. Usually you'll have to have a goal. Maybe it's inspired by weight loss. Maybe it's inspired by fitness or endurance or energy. Or, but a goal motivates us. It gives us reason. And, and in this passage out of Ephesians, I want to read another passage to you out of Ephesians chapter 5. Here Paul is writing, and I think this is such a powerful thing. Ephesians chapter 5. I don't think I have it marked here, so I'm going to find it real quick. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. Listen to these words. So be careful how you live. Not as fools, but as those who are wise. Wise people understand why they're living. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Make the most of every opportunity. See, I think we miss so many opportunities because we don't understand why we're here. We don't understand what God wants for us. We don't understand the purposes of our lives. And so a, a clear purpose begins to motivate us and says, God, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm interacting with this person. This is what you want for me at my work and at my job. And it begins to motivate us. Like I said today, we're, we're not going to get into these, these purposes today. But the question becomes, what I really want to challenge you to, today is to say, what inspires you to find out? I mean, do you just want to come here? And what I could do today is I could just sort of say, 
All right, here are the five purposes. Let's put them up on the screen. Take note. And in 15 minutes, we'll go through the five purposes of our life. And then you may, only like three of you will write that down, right? The rest of you, I got it. And then you're going to leave here, and you're going to go eat lunch, and then you're going to watch some mindless uh, golf event on TV and fall asleep in the afternoon. And, you know, maybe your kids will play and whatever, and then, you know, Monday comes and work happens. You're not living the purposes. You don't remember the purposes. And so it would cheapen the message to just give you the purposes. So what we're going to do is we're going to embark on a 40-day journey. 40 days. A 40-day journey to discover our purposes. Now, now in Scripture, 40 is a very significant number. If you've read the Bible or if you've been around that, you hear that number 40. There's a lot of different 40s in Scripture. And let me, let me uh, just, uh, just share a couple of these with you. 40 days, that's how long it rained when Noah was uh, preparing to launch the ark. For 40 days. See, in the Bible, the 40-day period is a period of preparation. Whenever 40 is found in Scripture, it usually has to do with the time of preparation. Even 40 years for the Israelites when they wandered in the wilderness, it was preparing that generation and the Israelites, the next generation, to enter the promised land. So 40 is a time of preparation. And isn't that what we want to do? So 40 days, God prepared Noah before the rains. For 40 days, Moses was up on Mount Sinai. When he left the Israelites and he went up to meet with God for 40 days, he was preparing, Moses was being prepared for what was going to come next. For 40 days, the spies were sent into the promised land. They were going to prepare the people for what God had for them. But if you know the story, they didn't obey and the people rebelled and they then wandered for 40 years. For 40 days, Goliath taunted the Israelites and David was listening to the taunts of Goliath. And I think it was preparing something in David to, to, just, to just find his, his resolve and to find his purpose and to find his meaning. And we know how the story unfolds when David knocks out Goliath and begins to change the trajectory of his life. For 40 days, the people of Nineveh, were given, they were given 40 days to turn from their sins, to repent, to change their course. Remember when Jonah was sent to Nineveh? They were given 40 days, and it transformed them, and they changed. In the New Testament, a, a very famous 40 days is Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. Before Jesus began his ministry, he started 40 days in the wilderness where he was tempted, where he was beaten down, where he was challenged. But what happened at the end of those 40 days? Jesus launched his ministry. 40 days of preparation. After Jesus uh, rose from the dead and he was resurrected, he spent 40 days with his disciples, preparing them for what was next. And what happened after 40 days? They changed the world. 40 days, a period of preparation, a period of, of, of allowing God to really speak and to, and to speak into us. Now, the average human being lives 70 years, let's say, hopefully more. But if you take that average number of 70, you've got 25,550 days. 40 days to discover your purpose. Is it worth it? 25,550 days of living. Is it worth it spending 40 days? That's like 0.01% of your life to discover and figure out why you're here. I think it's worth it. Now, many of us have already, you know, spent a lot of those days. But it's not too late, right? Let's take some time and figure out what is next for us. And so we're going we're gonna to take 40 days, and we're not just going to take six Sundays to come and hear these messages. It's about 40 days, every day, walking this journey. And that's why we're going to be, we're, we want you to get these books. I want every person here, or at least one per family as a couple, that you guys have one of these books, and that you spend every single day taking five minutes to 15 minutes to just read each little daily thought 
And to read that, that small chapter. So oh, I don't read, I don't do that. Spend 40 days. It's your life. It's worth it. You know, when um, you're in Arizona, if uh, you know how the lawn kind of, you've got to keep watering your lawn, right, to keep it from going, you know, from dying. Now, if you have a dead lawn and you want to water it, or, what, if you spend and you set your timer to two hours, what's going to happen to all that water that, that you put on, on, the, on the lawn when you water it? Right, the first five minutes, you're soaking it in, it's good, it's soaking it in. But after about the first five, six, seven minutes, it'll all be going down the street. It'll all run off. It can't absorb everything. What you need to do is you need to break up those two hours into five-minute watering cycles, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, every day. And all of a sudden, all of that two hours of water is going to make its way down to those roots and begin to change the lawn. Take what's dead and bring it to life. If you just take this book and consume it in one night reading it, if we just share all the purposes here on one Sunday, it'll be like drinking from a fire hydrant, right? You can't process it all. God's not going to be able to work. But in a 40-day period, little by little, his word begins to permeate. His word begins to permeate. And what I love about this book that Rick Warren wrote is that he's got over a 1,000 scripture references throughout it. This book is bathed in God's word that if you spend 40 days, it's not just becoming a, a, you know, knowledgeable about this book. It's about becoming knowledgeable about, God, about God's plan. And this is a tool for understanding God's word. And so by spending that time consistently, day in, day out, it's going to transform you. And so my challenge to you is, is it worth it to commit 40 days now from this point on until just about the end of May? Say, I can do that. I can take 5 to 10, 15 minutes to do that. That's my challenge for you is to say, God, I want to commit the 40 days of doing this. God, what are you going to do? To, how are you going to speak? I don't know. If, if you've been a believer for a long time, it's important to be reminded again of these purposes. I, I started reading. I, I did read ahead this week, by the way. I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit ahead of you know, where we're at so I can teach and prepare. But I, I reread um, the first seven days in the book. My highlighter was going. I was, I, I've been processing. I've been thinking. Last night I sat with Shannon on the porch after the girls were down. I said, man, it's, it's just getting me to think again about the purposes and why I'm here and, and, and how are we ordering our days and, and what's this all about. It's good to be reminded and to come back to those truths. If you're a new believer, if you've just kind of been coming to faith and, and you just re, you know, committed your life or, or you've recently been baptized, what a great way to start. What an awesome way to sit down and say, I'm going to spend 40 days and I'm going to get some of these, these, these foundations right in my life to where I head from here. Awesome. Do that. Take advantage of it. Oh, but I don't, I don't buy this stuff yet. I'm not a believer. I, I'm just kind of checking it out. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. What a better way than to go through this and to check it out and see maybe God will really break through to your life. Maybe you'll understand something about what God has for you and begin to give order and meaning and understanding to your days and why you exist. So again, a simple challenge. Will you commit to 40 days to discover God's purpose for your life? That's really why I just wanted to share this message today. I want to, I just, honestly, I just want to tease you to find out what it's about. And that's the thing. It's a journey. And it's a process, and I want you to begin to engage that process. And the way to do that is get the book today. We want to start reading right away. Tomorrow morning, you start reading. Start reading today. It's fine. But one chapter a day, and they're only about three, four pages long at the most, and start diving into it. The books are 10 bucks. If you can't afford the book, just give us whatever you can. If you can't afford anything, we'll just send you home with a copy. Okay? It's important that we get these books and that we read them. And some of you, maybe you recognize this. You guys recognize this one? Maybe you have this one on your shelf somewhere. This is the old 40 Days of Purpose and uh, the Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. 
if you have that on yourself, <sighs> there was actually dust on there. That was cool. <laughs> Guilty. Um, had it on my shelf. Didn't read it. Okay. But it's, this is the same book. The new one just has two extra chapters. It has some QR codes, you know, those little funky little squares that you can scan with your phone if you have that app. And, and, if you, and it has that on every chapter, the new one does. And it'll link you to um, resources of, you know, the verse of the day, a little video teaching from Rick Warren, like a minute and a half, and even a full message on that topic if you have the time or are interested in going deeper. So it's, the new book has some of those extra features, but the old one has all those same, um, the same days to read through. So if you have this old one, you don't need to buy the new one. Just dust this one off, and, uh, and it'll, be, it'll be good. And, and so that's the thing. Don't just get the book, but read it. Commit to every day finding a time. Put it in a place where you're going to see it. Put it by your breakfast cereal or by your coffee pot. Or put it in your car as you, you know, well, don't read it while you're going to work, but, you know, maybe if you're stuck in traffic really long. Maybe you keep it at, at work. Maybe you keep it by your desk if you have a desk or somewhere where you're going to take a break. Don't let it disappear, but that you focus on this every day for the next 40 days. Make that commitment, number one. Number two, we're doing this together. See, the reason I didn't do it before, nobody else was doing it with me. Okay, that's a lame excuse, but that's one of the reasons. I think it's cool if somebody else, and to know we're reading the same thing, that when I'm reading those words, you're reading those words. And when we, we talk about it, we have a common reference point. And that when we come together on Sundays, we'll, we'll, we'll be challenged together to really embody these purposes. And so read together, and if you're married, commit with your spouse to say, let's read these together, and let's just have a conversation about this throughout the week and, and just see what God's saying to us. Maybe you you find a friend, an accountability partner, somebody you say, hey, you read it, I'll read it, and we'll call on the phone or we'll chat or we'll do something. Let's find a way to to really make this a conversation too, to not just be something you're doing just alone, but you're doing together with others. Every day on Facebook, on on our Facebook page, we're going to just have, we're going to put a little post up about what the, the reading is or a link to some of these online resources. That's a great way to just share what God's telling you. And, and maybe to hear what others are saying. And so we want to do this journey together. And as a part of that, we have a six-week series of small groups that are happening. So from now until just about the end of May, there are groups happening almost every night of the week. I want you in one of those groups. And here's a little clue. One of the purposes is that we are created to be a part of God's church, his body. That we are created to be in relationship with other people. So let's get one of these purposes already going is relate and connect with other people. Get together. Let's talk about this. Get into homes in the evenings and just begin to focus in on these lessons and teachings. And so I encourage some of you, if you're not in a small group yet, to say, I want to be a part of that. Talk to Jim. Jim, raise your hand here. He'll get you in a group starting tonight or tomorrow. They begin this week talking about this material. And so we we really want to encourage that in a really strong way. And finally, I want to encourage you to just make it a point to say for these next six weeks, I'm going to be here every Sunday. I'm going to be here every Sunday. I'm not going to decide on Saturday night or on Sunday morning if I feel like. I'm just going to say I'm I'm going to church every Sunday morning, 1030. I I don't want to miss a thing. And this is part of our journey together, 40 days to discover God's purpose for your life. I want to end with a a passage out of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 20, it says this, Now glory be to God. By His mighty power at work within us, He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask for hope. See, when God's working in us, you're going to accomplish way more. We can do so much more. And when we discover these purposes, God's going to give meaning and rhythm and motivation to our life. He truly can. 
And I don't just want this for each of us as individuals. I wonder what can happen to us as a church if we do this together for 40 days. What might happen with a church full of people who are on mission for God, who understand why he's created us to to be, what he's called us to do, and then we get about it. It honestly has the power to revolutionize and to transform who we are. We had a meeting this last week with our advisory team and with our ministry team leaders. We, We got together and we just started dreaming about what's next for us as a church. And it's exciting. And we're going to be sharing some more of that as we clarify those pieces and begin to to share what God is doing. But he's calling us to to reach out into much larger ways and to make a much bigger splash and a much bigger difference in this community. But we can't do that if we as a church aren't ready and understanding why we're here. And here's a little secret. Those same purposes for our own lives align wonderfully with the purposes of the church. The reason we're here is to help us live out those purposes. And so when those things come together, God's going to be able to do some pretty amazing things. Forty days. A time of preparation to answer life's most fundamental question. Can we do this? I'm going to ask the worship band to come forward. And uh, at the end of every worship service, we have an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing. And, and, And so we have these worship spaces around and we have places for you to go and pray. And maybe today you just need to say, God, I, I don't know where this journey leads, but I just want to commit. I want to kneel. I want to pray and say, God, help me understand my purpose. Maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you want to say, God, just, just reveal to me who you are. You can pray. We've got people around that will be standing around the sides. They have little prayer. Uh, it says, hello, my name is prayer. Their names aren't really prayer. It's actually they're there to pray with you. You can laugh. It's okay. Um, they're, they're around here to pray with you. And you can walk up to them and you can pray. We've got places to share communion, to say, God, thank you for the body, your body that was broken for me on the cross, the blood that was spilled out for me. And you just respond in that way. Light a candle and say, God, I need your light in my life. And then one way, again, I would love for all of us to respond today. We have this poster board over there that says 40. And I would like to challenge you to come forward and to sign that and to say, I am committing to being a part of this 40-day journey. Because it's easy here to say, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then like, you know, okay, I didn't get the book or I forgot and it's Monday or Tuesday and now I'm two days behind. I'm like, I'll just listen to the messages on Sunday and that'll be good enough. That's not a 40-day journey. That's a six-Sunday six journey for 30 minutes. 40-day journey. If you are ready to make that commitment, say, let's do this together. I just encourage you as we worship to, to come and to stand and to sign on that and uh, to say, I want to be a part of that transformation. So let's stand together. Uh, I want to pray and then we'll continue with worship. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, again, this time. God, you don't want us drifting aimlessly. And maybe today somebody just needed to hear that they are not an accident, God, that they are here on purpose. That you created us, God, because you loved us. And you wanted us to be in relationship with you. God, you've known all our days from before we were even born. We just want to be, just, just know God why we're here and what we're to do. Thank you for not keeping that a secret before revealing it. And God, I just pray that that you would really do a work in our hearts over these next 40 days. That little by little, day in, day out, just coming under your word and hearing about your truths, God, would begin to really spark a revolution, a transformation. It would ignite something in our spirits. The Father would ignite something in our church. God, we want to live for you You are the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you. Amen.